It's Josh Williams here, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 94 for February 27th, 2019. How's it going, onesies? How you guys doing? I almost said episode number 27. Ha! <laughs> that would have been a long time ago, wouldn't it? Uh, episode 94. Guys, we're rounding third, heading home towards 100 episodes of the One Man Podcast. This week, I'm going to tell you guys about my week headlining at Absolute Comedy. Uh, I did some promos. There's been uh, some big news in the comedy community and not necessarily positive. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't. Even, I would say that it's actually, quite frankly, not positive. I'll tell you guys a little bit. that uh, That's kind of what's consuming my industry right now, and at least in Canada. And, uh, what else? I, uh, had a chance to hang out with some friends, have some good times. Um, so let's just fucking get right into it. Huh? As you all know, I was headlining absolute comedy this last week in Ottawa. My home club first time had an absolutely fantastic time all week. I want to thank every single one of my listeners that came out to the shows. I really appreciate you guys being there and supporting. It's great to be with you every week in your ear, and it's even better to be able to see you and find out how you're doing and all that fun stuff. So thank you so much for coming all the shows. I won't name names, but I just, uh, a couple friends who I saw, of course, I'll mention the, the hangouts, but there's a lot of people just came to see the show. Big, big thank yous to all of you. I really do appreciate the support. And uh, and I'll tell you again, a little later on in the show, it has to do with that big industry thing, why your support is so, so important. I know that, uh, you know, the, the, the world's a fucked up place. Everybody's got things going on. Um, but now more than ever, we as comics uh, need you guys to come to our shows and support. If you If you like what we do. Um, but I'll get to that a little later on, a little foreshadowing. So, uh, last week I had a couple opportunities to do some fun things. I went and I had breakfast with my buddy, Rory Gardner, a fellow comic, um, Rory and I are going to try to get some, some writing done and whatnot. So I, mean, I keep saying that and I keep having issues and stuff. Um, my back is starting, starting to get better. I actually saw the doctor today and I'll tell you more about that later on. Um, but I got a prescription for some, uh, some meds. So we'll see what I can do about, uh, getting these, uh, these pains uh, gone so I can be a little more productive with my life. Um, hung out with Rory. Um, the shows were, were good. I want to, I want to get that out of the way. So I got to see, uh, my buddy and listener, uh, Peter, uh, Ivan and Stuart. Those guys were at one of the shows, uh, this week. Crystal came with me to a couple of the shows. I really appreciated that. It was fun to have her support, especially since I haven't had actually had an opportunity for her to be at the shows in a long time. And since like half my act is about her and the kids. Um, it's, uh, it was great to have her out. I got to see my, uh, half brother, Brandon, who I haven't seen in, I cannot tell you how long some of you might actually at this moment be, be like, Oh my God, you have a half brother. I actually have two half brothers and, uh, and a half sister. As a matter of fact, I think I spoke about my half brother maybe a year ago when uh, he was trying to reconnect my, my other. Okay. I have a half brother, Brandon. I have a half brother, Wayne. So Wayne's in BC. Wayne was the one connecting with me, you know, maybe, uh, maybe more than a year ago. Uh, just trying to, you know, just trying to meet me and learn who I am. Whenever we, we had really no contact, but he was sort of going through the family tree and the Rolodex and, and got in contact with me. So I think it was through the, through the miracles of Facebook. And of course I reconnected with my brother, Brandon via Facebook, but just a few Facebook messages here or there. We actually had an opportunity to have a conversation when I was driving back from Toronto after Valentine's day. So, uh, it was cool to chat with him a little bit. 
And, uh, of course, uh, just, just hang out after one of the shows. It was busy between shows. So I didn't get a chance to really be like, Hey man, let's chat. It was kind of like people are coming and going comics are coming and sitting down at the table with us. So like the conversation just sort of going about what's going on around us as opposed to like, you know, being able to, to, to get to know each other. And of course it came after I did a double show on Saturday. So we had an upstairs show and a downstairs show at absolute comedy. And I hosted downstairs. And as soon as I got off stage downstairs, I went right upstairs to headline upstairs. So Basically, it's like 90 minute straight marathon of doing stand up. Um, fun, great to make the extra money, but it was, uh, it was work. I'll tell you that much guys. It was work. And then of course, after that double feature, uh, I got to sit with Brandon and it was just a little too crazy. So we're going to get together again sometime soon and just try to catch up and learn a little bit about each other. Um, it, Brandon is my, uh, as all my half brothers and sisters are on my uh, dad's side, my mom, I just have, uh, just me and my other brother. Aaron, <laughs> most of you know anyways. Um, but yeah, so, uh, that was fun. What else have I got going on? Just trying to get the show stuff out of the way. I had a good time. I actually got to play around with some new bits on stage that I'm really, really happy about. I had a really good time sort of just fitting some stories into where they might go. Uh, crowds were, were, some of them were up, some of them were down. Um, just energy levels. Like even the shows with the low energy, like we all did well. Just, I remember I had one show this week where I was like, I was I didn't feel good afterwards. And then of course, Jason and everyone else was like, dude, you did way better than you think you did. It's just your, your, your own worst critic. I just, my first time headlining my own club, I wanted to absolutely knock it out of the park. And I did that for the vast majority of the week. I just had a couple shows where I'm like, fuck, I, I just really like, I would have loved to have, I've done shows where when I say good night, the crowd goes, oh, like they wanted more. I, I wanted one or two of those this last week. That doesn't happen very often, by the way, but that's what I wanted from my home club. Um, so sorry, I'm shaking up a beverage here. I I'm recording Tuesday as always, but I'm doing it late in the evening. It's probably fuck eight o'clock or something. Let me take a look here. Yeah, it's 10 after 10 after eight. Of course, you guys will be hearing this on Wednesday. So, uh, I, I'd love for this one to stay on the trend of being under an hour like the rest of them are, but, uh, I just feel like there's a lot to talk about. So I'm going to try to get, get it out of, out of the way. Um, you know, and you guys can decide what's interesting and what's not. So is any of that shit funny? Not really. You know, what did I do? I did stand up. I do what I, what I always do, but I did have fun. It was fun kind of being on, you know, thinking on my feet and, and getting some new material out there, polishing up some of the old stuff, just being a comic again, man. It's good. It's fun. Hmm. I'll be mindful of that man stuff. You know, man, like all my listeners are men. How you doing? They, you know what I'm saying? They make it nice and gender neutral. Um, what else did I do? Let me get through some of the other stuff. Um, last week I, uh, I went to one of those, I don't know about you guys. I was telling my doctor this today. I was saying, you know how, like it used to be that if every, like if you saw a commercial, a ton of people saw that same commercial, right? They advertise on a network or something like that. Like, you know, you could talk about a Coke commercial and everyone's seen the same Coke commercial, generally speaking, but I'm, I'm, I'm referring generally to when like everyone had TV, you know what I mean? Like you, you all, if you're all watching, I don't know, fucking Seinfeld, right? And there'd be commercials the whole time. Like you see that a lot now when you're, when you're watching shit on YouTube, whatever, it's like the same commercials. Actually, it's not, this is not validating my point. Okay. If you're watching something on TV, the commercial that plays on that channel, it's the same commercial that everybody sees, right? So you could say, Hey man, you see that advertisement for fucking blah, 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 blah. And people, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like everyone kind of knew what you were talking about the ads. I'm like, I'm thinking of doing that, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
now that everything is targeted ads, you know what I mean? Like I said to my doctor, I'm like, you know, I got these ads everywhere for this and that. Have you seen? He's like, no. Then again, he did go on later to tell me that he's like fucking totally off the grid and shit. So bad example with him. But like, I could talk to other people. I'm like, hey, you guys know this stuff that's at? And they're like, no. Because now that everybody's fucking phones are listening to them and their Alexas and all this bullshit, you're getting targeted advertisements. I'm saying to my doctor, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, earlier this week, I went to like that smile place, smile direct club to get internet teeth. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Again, I, I just thought he was nuts, but it turns out he's, you know, doesn't have TV or anything. I'm like, oh, I get that. He's like, I have an email address, but I don't really, he's like, I don't own a television stuff. I'm like, man, you're the best. I'm going to get into that guy later on too. But, uh, yeah. So I, I been getting these ads for like smile direct, smile direct, because Jason has, uh, like those Invisaligns or, or some brand of them where it's just, you know, clip in the teeth and, uh, you know, they fix your teeth in God knows how long. And Jason has to keep going to the dentist and he pays consultations and whatever. He was telling me the price. I'm like, fuck, well, that's way cheaper than I thought. Like when I was young, I was like, oh, fuck orthodontics, like four grand. I'm like, I don't have that. I don't have a dental plan. I don't have benefits. I'm a comic. So if I want to do something to better myself like that, you know, laser eye surgery or some shit that, that comes right out of my pocket. So I'm like, all right. Uh, I see the smile club thing and it's like, Hey, 99 bucks a month, you know? And I'm like, no, oh, tell me more click. Right. And then, uh, oh, then what did I do? I found out there was a clinic here. So it's like, it's one of those things where they're like, you have a choice. Did you want to visit one of our local clinics to get your mouth scanned? Or do you want us to send you like the do it yourself package? And like the do it yourself one is like those old school foam trays where they used to fill them with fluoride and then you'd bite down on it for like 20 minutes with that fucking straw, that suction straw in between, you know, the one where you sit there like fucking drooling, the drool's going over the outside of the thing. But for some reason that suction's in the back in the middle. So your throat's drying out. You're drooling like a St. Bernard. You're like, and then you stick your tongue on it. You know what I'm talking about? So like, I'm just picturing that. They're like, we're going to send you the home, do it yourself one. Right. And I'm like, great. If I have to measure my own teeth, I'll probably like pull it out too quick or too slow. And it sort of bends the mold last minute. Then they send me fucking, you know, I commit to their, their trays and I've, I've got like the tooth bent the wrong way or something. I don't know. I'm sure you get what I'm, what I'm saying. If I have to measure my own teeth, I, with my luck, I'm going to fuck it up somehow. And then they're going to send me trays that are going to like half fit. I'm going to go, oh, they probably feel weird because it's straightening my teeth. But because of my little bend or fuck up or however I messed it up doing it myself, it actually ends up bending my teeth worse. And I'm like, oh, it's not working. And they're like, oh shit. When you go the other way, there's actually no, no cure for that. So I'm like, no, fuck that. I'm going into your clinic and I'm going to have, I'm going to have a professional measure my teeth. And she measured it with some like crazy state of the art thing that takes like 60,000 pictures a second or whatever. She's like, there's only one thing on the planet that like takes pictures faster or whatever. And she didn't know what it was called. So I'm like, all right, well, thanks <laughs> for that piece of trivia. You know, when someone gives you a piece of trivia, but they don't give you all the information for said trivia. So anyway, she's sticking a camera in my mouth and just rolling it around along my teeth. And I was just watching the screen. It was basically building my mouth on the screen, like a 3d composite. And I was like, holy shit. So yeah, so she scanned my face and there, she's like, it's this much. And we do the whitening and we got all, it's all part of the package, 99 bucks a month. And I was like, fuck it. You know what I mean? I go, I'm working on confidence and stuff like that. I want to have a, not that I don't have a killer smile already, 
but I'm like, I want to, uh, I want to have a nice smile. There's a lot of people in my life with really nice smiles. Crystal has one of the nicest smiles I've ever seen. That's not to suck her dick or anything like that. I'm just saying in general, one of the things that always attracted to me about her is her smile. Even, uh, even my best friend, Jimmy said when we, when I first introduced him to her, when we were kids back in high school, he used to always say, man, she has perfect teeth. So I gotta say, not to be too judgmental, we've all got shit out there, but first off, like a bunch of the people that I know all had dual income families and shit like that. So a lot of them, just their parents had, uh, what was it? Had dental plans and shit. So like, I think Jimmy had braces at one point, Mika had braces at one point, Crystal did have braces at one point when she was young. So like everybody I know with perfect smiles had fucking braces, obviously. So I'm kind of like, you know what? I I'm 36. I'll be dead in four years. I deserve to have good teeth, at least among the way, just slowly start climbing that ladder of confidence. And I feel like if I have these Invisalign smile club, whatever the fuck you call them, um, I feel like it's going to help me eat less because you have to take them out all the time to eat and stuff. And I'm not going to want to be doing that. And like, not to say that I do a lot of snacking, but just generally speaking, it's just like, fuck it, have like three set times to eat breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then that's it. No, no drinking stuff either, because like. You got to take them out to drink. And if I'm constantly taking them out, then what's the point? So, and I got like a whitening thing I'm going to be doing too. Um, so I don't know. I just, it's a, it's a thing, you know, start to feel more confident. Feel like I have a, you know, maybe get some laser eye surgery done down the road. The point is I'm working on me. I went and I got internet teeth. All right. And I call them internet teeth because I don't have to keep going back to a dentist. They mail me the whole set. They're all the weeks are labeled, everything like that. So we'll see how it goes. Hopefully they don't break my teeth out of my head or something that I, that's unforeseen, but they're a really big company from the U S who have just in the last uh, few months broken into the Canadian market. So that's one thing I did this last week. Um, I got to hang out with crystal on Friday. Her and I went to the lint store. I got a nice Groupon, a little plug for Groupon, even though most of their stuff sucks for the record and they're full of shit in their prices, but got a good deal at Groupon. Uh, for some lint chocolates, we went to the lint store, got a bunch of chocolate right after saying how I want to take care of my teeth and my body. Wow. Did I ever do the opposite thing? No, I've been having like one or two pieces a day. I've been a good bitch. I've been a what? A good bitch. Um, what else do we do? Oh, uh, big shout out. I'm talking about this. We played uh, a game. We played a board game before my shows on Friday, uh, called fog of love. And it sounds lame. However, one of the coolest games uh, I've played. We didn't even get to finish it. Like there's a tutorial. We didn't even get through the tutorial. Like it, you actually play through the instructions of the game, which is great. Instead of just reading an instruction manual, you actually play the game and the game slowly starts to reveal these tutorial cards. So you'll play a few little parts and then you get another card that tells you what the next step is. And then you play a little bit more and it tells you the next step. Like it's very, very cool the way it's done. And the game's theme is great. You play as a couple and you're, trying to see if your relationship works. And the goal of the game is not to make your relationship work. The goal of the game is to just play out the relationship and see if you stay together, see if it ends. You make choices where you're both flipping over tokens to decide, you know, sort of what options, like multiple choice, but what, op what option did you pick? And did your choices match? But you're not playing as yourself. You're playing as this character that you design with different characteristics and traits and a job. And even it's, and the game is even generous. I'm not going to go on for crazy ever, but I will just say, uh, it's a two player game. Crystal and I played it. We had a really, really good time and we didn't even finish the tutorial, let alone get to play the full game. And we were already like, this is fucking awesome. Uh, every review I've seen for this game says that it's fantastic. So, uh, and it's only about 50 bucks if you order it online. So 
that sounds like a lot of money for a game, but I got to tell you the replayability. And apparently this game is very, very fun just to watch. So if two people are playing, but you have a few people over, like people watching this relationship and the scenarios and stuff, apparently really have a good time uh, watching the game play out. So um, I do have to say that uh, anyone who's looking for something fun, a fun couples activity, a fun just friend thing, because it's like I said, it's a very, it's not a heteronormative game. You can be uh, any gender. The relationship is, is, you know, not necessarily uh, heteronormative. So, um, yeah, great game. Fog of Love. Uh, I can't wait to play it again and actually finish it in its entirety. Um, I've already even ordered expansions for it um, just because I'm like, this is great, and I know I'm going to want to play it a bunch. So, um, Fog of Love. Check that out. Chris and I had a great time playing it. We had some wine. Got to uh, drink a bottle I've been hanging on to here for a little while uh, from Wolf Blast called The Entertainer. And it was like um, a Shiraz Grenache uh mix whatever anyways it was great it was great play drank drank a bottle of the entertainer before my show in honor and uh and played some fog of love so that was a good time uh anything else did some lcbo promos this weekend i don't really give a shit about that um i went to the casino with jason uh last night and again we just had some food some drinks gambled some money had a good time jason lost a lot of money but i didn't i went and i got free drinks and free food uh, from our comp cards, from all the money that we spent there. And then, uh, on top of that, what else? Um, come on brain. Well, I think that was about it for our night. Some drinks, had some laughs. Uh, we played, oh, whatever. We played a shitload of slot machines. We played a shit. We actually played a shitload of roulette and blackjack and or no, no, no blackjack last night. We played uh roulette and what the fuck is the name of the one? Three, three card poker. That was a pain in the ass. That game was stressful. It's a pain in the ass, but I didn't lose money. I actually made money on it. So, uh, you know, I guess, I guess it's good. Even when I'm making money, I'm complaining. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been doing a, a little bit of trying to take it easy during the days, watching some videos, trying to clean my, uh, my little corner of the earth here. I had a bunch of stuff, cargo come in. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry, guys. It's the end of the day. I tried to do it earlier, but today was a long day and I'll tell you about that. So yeah, I, I went to the casino. I didn't get home from the casino with Jay till like two in the morning. And then I had to get up early today because today I was getting a new horn installed in my car. Uh, same place that did my window tinting. And I got to say, I don't know if I mentioned them by name before. I'm not going to mention them by name now. Um, only reason is I don't know if I'm giving them a glowing review or a what the fuck review. And the reason being is I went in to get my, uh, my horn installed. I bought it last week. I, I went in to get it installed this morning and I'm just going to tell you the story. Honestly, I like those guys. They're always very respectful, polite, professional. Their place is, is great, clean. It's gorgeous. Problem is, um, they told me it's going to be an hour and a half and I had a doctor's appointment today. Uh, luckily I booked it far enough ahead of the doctor's appointment that the, that the fact that they took three hours instead of an hour and a half. Uh, didn't make me miss my doctor's appointment, but it did waste, you know, a lot of the extra spare time that I had today. Um, cause I had, I was planning on coming home and, you know, recording the podcast before all my running around and errands and work and stuff. Um, and that didn't happen. So, um, went in, they installed my new horn and, uh, one of the guys that works there was even like, Hey, you want me to come out and take a look at it with you? And I was like, yeah, sure. So we go out and I honk it and I'm like, oh, sounds, sounds great. Like it sounds louder than my last horn and not as effeminate. One sec here. <laughs> Excuse me. So, um, anyways, um, 
honk the horn. Oh, all's good. Cool. And my, my car, when you, when you double click the lock on the fob, it just goes beep. It doesn't actually honk. It doesn't go beep. Like it doesn't honk the horn. It just goes to the beep sound. Completely different audio source altogether. Um, I can't make a beep sound. It sounds like, uh, sounds like when a truck's backing up, but just like, just like one of those beeps. So, you know, it's not a horn. It's, it's something different. So one thing I have not done with my vehicle, uh, since I bought it is push the panic button on the fob. I had no reason to ever. Um, so I never pushed it. Well, I got to, uh, the bank after I left and was like, I wanted to like, obviously honk my new horn. It's, it's supposed to be very loud and everything, but I'm like, I'm not going to just start blasting it in traffic, scaring people, distracting people. You know, I'm not a piece of shit. So I went to my, my bank and I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to, I'm going to fuck with the horn. I want to hear it again. Right. Just bought it. Just paid 250 bucks for it. I want to fucking hear it. So I press, uh, I press and hold the panic button and I just see my taillights flash and I'm like, well, I wonder, I've never done it. So I'm like, I'm looking at it, it says hold. Okay. As I press and hold, I'm holding it and the lights start flashing. I'm waiting for the horn to come on. It doesn't fucking come on. So sure enough, I call the guys back and I go, Hey, my panic button's not working. There's no horn at all. And they're like, Oh, that's weird. You know, can you bring it back tomorrow? And I'm like, sure. Why not? I hate fucking spending my time off at home relaxing. Hmm. I would much, sorry, it's a thick fucking smoothie, Pete. Peter's like, I hate listening to you drink. Um, but I have to wet the whistle a little bit here. I'm gonna be chatting tonight. So anyways, um, they're like, yeah, bring it back, bring it back tomorrow. It's really strange. It should, it should be fun. We like the guy who helps me. He's always very polite. He's like, yeah, we definitely don't want it to be missing features it had when it came in. That's for sure. And I'm like, yeah, me neither. So now my, now I'm a little fucking now, rather than like, okay, I got something done. Now I'm like fucking three hours. It's not even where I have to go back again. Anyways, what's tomorrow going to take in terms of time. So I, uh, I dropped off some shit at Staples that I needed to get like printed and laminated and stuff like that. And, uh, I remember what was I just, just had enough time to drop it off, go home and, uh, and then just change, go to the doctors. But it was frustrating. It was really frustrating because I'm like, that's where I'm at right now. The horn works. Oh, and they also left a tool on, on my, my hood like in my hood, I should say sitting right between the, the windshield wiper blades and like the little, like the little trough, right. You know, the ones like where you're fucking sorry for swearing the, uh, windshield spray is I'm not trying to swear too much, but I am frustrated. I was frustrated. This is not real, real problems, but here's the thing. My, I, I contacted, uh, Chris from, from Honda, my, my dealer who's been on the show before I called him. And, uh, Chris was telling me, like, I asked him what happened. He goes, well, here's the thing. Now that you put an aftermarket horn in your warranty's void on your horn. Like it's not our shit anymore. So your, your warranty's void on that. I'm like, eh. never really had a horn issue before, but it would suck if something happens. And now, especially considering something has happened and it's not working that I, it's not warrantable anymore because these guys, you know, have, have done work on it. I should have, that was something I should have considered. And to be honest with you a little bit, they probably should have said, Hey man, brand new car, just a heads up. If we work on your shit, voids your warranty, you cool with that? You know, never mentioned that I can let that sort of thing go, but I have now done two jobs with them and I've had to go back again afterwards on both of these jobs. So not looking good for these guys in terms of just being able to get the job done. And when I went to get my, the, the retint, I left and they left a big roll of tint in the back. So I had to bring them their tint back. Luckily it was just at the edge of the fucking driveway when I noticed this big roll in my back seat. But 
big role there. They also left a, a razor blade in my cup holder. Luckily it had a sheath on it, but it was like just some razor, just a razor blade sitting there, obviously from stuffing the, the, the tint into the cracks of the windshields or whatever, I guess, or the windows, I should say. Um, so it's already like, what the fuck? And then they left this tool. I don't even know. It looks like a, it looks like a screwdriver. There's a hook on the end of it. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's just sitting in the trough. I walk up, see it. I go, oh, you guys want this? Like they keep leaving tools and in, in or on my car, you know, inside my car, I actually have a couple little slits and scratches and like, like, like chemical burn slash glues. I don't know how to describe all the shit, but you can tell someone was in my car and not being careful again, not the end of the world. Just fix it. Just do what I'm paying you to do. All right. I don't hate these guys because I, I like, I, here's the thing. Their front end dudes are great. Whoever's monkeying around in the back, you know, what are you doing? Fuck. What the fuck are you doing? So I'm going back tomorrow and let's see if they just fix it and whatever. Or, you know, I actually was there one time when a customer came in and was saying that like, it's so funny because when this guy was talking about it, man, it felt I was just having them do the tint at the time. So I didn't think anything. I'm like, oh, I can't break my car doing the tint. Um, but it's funny. Some guy was in talking about how like he was at his dealership and he had something done there. And it was like, well, the dealer's telling that something got disconnected and you know, it's not, they didn't disconnect it. You know, it must've been when it, when you guys were doing the work here. Well, sir, we don't, we don't need to disconnect that in order to do that work. So I don't know why they're saying it was us. Like, you know what I mean? I saw them arguing with a customer about what was done. And I'm like, ah, you know, maybe this guy doesn't know what he's talking about, but I'm in a position now where I can go tomorrow. And they're like, well, we just disconnected the thing and connected the same thing right back, you know? So I'm, I don't want to be arguing with them going like, why isn't this working? You know, just putting in a fucking horn, you know, connect the shit back together, make it right, you know, test it to make sure that it's working. So Anyways, hopefully I go in tomorrow and they're like, you know what? We, we just missed something on these new vehicles. There's a little thing here we forgot to do. I don't give a fuck what they, what the reason is make it work. You know, if I'm spending money, it shouldn't be to reduce features on my cars. Right. Anyways. So that's a thing I'm doing. Then I got to the doctors this afternoon and I went there for a, uh, to, to get something for my back. My back is still not better. 12 days later. Um, it's doing better, but not by a lot. I would say it's 40% better from what it was, but 12 days afterwards, it should be, I would say gone unless I injured myself, but from, from, from just standing anyways, um, went to the doctor to a, get that done and B get that, uh, sebaceous cyst on my back removed. I figured if I'm more of the doctor anyways, may as well have him remove that shit and give me something for the back. So him and I were pretty much on the exact same page right from the get go regarding my back. He, I was like, I'm on it. I think I just, I just heard it. And he's like, yep, that's pretty much all it is. I'm like, I figure I need to relax enough to let it, you know, go. So, but it's since, since it hurts, I'm favoring it. I'm tightening on it and probably not giving it the space it needs. And I go, so I, my assumption is I just need, you know, I need a, a painkiller so that I fucking relax a bit. And then he goes, he goes, absolutely. I'll get your prescription. Shouldn't be a problem. So we're same page for that. And then we were doing this. Um, then I was doing the, uh, I guess, uh, oh yeah. With the, the cyst removal. I'm sorry. I'm trying to sit there. I was trying to think of the procedures. So there's two things he said he could do. One of them, he was saying that like, it would leave a big scar. He goes, we're going to, he goes, what we can do is we just basically cut you open and we cut all around the cyst and we cut all that sack out and there's like an extra bunch of flesh that comes out or whatever. 
I'm paraphrasing. But then we stitch you up and he goes, you have a big scar, but Lisa's cyst is gone. Okay. Cause I don't know if I described this in the podcast, but again, with a cyst is a clogged pore. The sweat still builds up inside it and just gets big, big, big and turns into whatever the size your cyst is. And it also develops the sack around the outside. You know what I mean? Kind of, kind of grows a sack so that if you drain it, it, this sack just fills back up again and you just keep having the same issue over and over. Drain, drain, pop, drain, pop, drain, or sorry, drain, fill, drain, fill, drain, fill, right? And every time you you drain it, you run the risk of infection or something like that. So it's just, you know, it's, it's no way to live your life. Okay. That's just disgusting. You're trying to make fucking back sweat cheese. Bleh. So I'm just like, you know what? You told me you could do it. So he said, there's, that's, there's the one way is you cut the whole fucking thing, blah, blah, blah. He goes, there's another way that you can cut it, drain it. And sometimes you can actually grab the sack and, and pull it out too. If, if this, you know, if it's not too, too big and mine wasn't crazy big. So, uh, we did that, shoved a needle in my back, numbed my shit and, uh, and cut me open. I didn't, f- I barely felt the prick of the needle. Um, however I could feel, which was weird. Like it just felt like a little bit of a burn, but I could feel how specific and tight it was. Uh, I could just feel him cutting with the, the scalpel, you know, uh, I was like, oh, it was sort of weird. I could feel him take the corner. You know what I mean? Like go straight and then curve like, ah, uh. anyways, that, so that happened. I didn't cry. I didn't cry. Uh, <laughs> so he did that and he was like, I think it's perfect. And then he has said, uh, then he gave me a choice. He's like, do you want me to, do you want me to stitch you up or, or did you want me to use stereo something or other? It was like, basically like, it's like a stitch bandaid. Um, and he goes, so, pl- you know, plus side of the stitches, you know, it's going to be a smaller scar. Uh, downside is you got to come back in a week to get the stitches out. And then he goes, alternatively, I use this other thing here. It might hold, you know, it might, might hold, but, uh, you'll have like a bigger scar, you know, wider scar because it's not going to hold it super tight together. And on top of that, uh, he goes, you got like, you got hair on your back. So this thing might not be able to stick through it. And he goes, you know what? Hold on. I could shave your back. And then that, that'll like, not my whole back, of course, <laughs> because I could shave you there. And then, you know, then it'll just, it should give you a better chance to stick. He goes, you know what? I'm talking myself. About it. I think we're going to go the, the, the you know, don't have to come back route. Maybe he goes, do you mind if you have like a scar, like the size of a centimeter? I'm like, nah, I have a fuck. You just told me I have a hairy back that, that grows fucking cheese lumps on it. You think like a, a centimeter long, uh, scar is going to fucking bother me. So I was like, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, we got everything. We're good. One of the things I like about my doctors, here's the thing. I don't know if I've talked about this guy before, but what I like about my doctor is I was telling that thing to him too, about the internet teeth or whatever. And, uh, he was saying how like, yeah, I don't like, I'm not on the grid or whatever. Like I, I just, he goes, it was a very small grid. Like he doesn't have a TV. He goes, I do a lot of reading. I'm very outdoorsy. Like the guy runs in marathons and cycles and all sorts of shit like that. And I'm like, this is what I love about this guy. I don't know how fucking old he is, but I would say he's, he's no way he's even 40 yet. I would be blown. Well, yeah, I actually, I gotta say, I would be pretty fucking surprised if this guy was even 40. All right. So he's, he's, I like the fact that like, he's going to be around and I, I liked this before, but just a a little thing that actually came up my life. And I never mentioned is my doctor, my, my family doctor that I had when I was a kid, he retired, which is why I didn't have a family doctor for a long time. Uh, he was an old guy, but he, uh, he passed away like a week ago, maybe, maybe more that, that really sucks. He was a great dude. He did a lot for the community. Um, it really sucks. Uh, my doctor, uh, Horace Alexis, uh, died and, uh, it really shamed. He was, uh, he was a fellow. He was, uh, he was an African-American fellow. He <laughs> fellow. 
You know why I'm saying that? Because I don't really remember. I'm, I'm afraid that I'm going to get his nationality wrong. And I would rather, I don't want to show him. So I don't believe he's African. I believe he is from Haiti. I believe. Um, but again, maybe Jamaican. Um, right now, this even sounds worse. Listen, I love this guy. Loved him so much. I didn't even know where he's from. Now, uh, you know, I could probably, I could ask my mom and find out, but it doesn't matter. The point is, is he, actually, he used to do something called the Black Canadian Scholarship Fund. There was a big fundraising dinner. They would sell tickets, whatever, and they would send an underprivileged uh, student with good grades to school. They would basically create them, like rather than getting grants or, or scholarships from, from the schools or whatever, they would send a deserving youth who couldn't get, couldn't get grants or scholarships to school and pay for it. Like, it was great. I used to volunteer it every single year. Um, the, um, the, the thing is he died. Um, and that's one of the things that I like about my new doctor being young is I think that a lot of people, they start going to the doctor when they're a kid and doctors already fucking old and gray, you know, or getting there. You get halfway through your life, your fucking doctor retires or dies. And you're like, fuck, I got to find a new one. Who do you suggest? A lot of doctors refer you to somebody. Like, yeah, you don't, you don't have to trust with this new person. They don't know who the fuck you are. You know what I mean? It's like breaking up with somebody and then your friend's like, ah, you know what? I know this other person. You're not like, oh, great. You're like, I don't know. I don't, I don't fucking know. Right. You don't want to, you know, you, like, or it's like, it'd be like your ex telling you like, I'm sorry. It's not you. It's me. But I do have this other person I think would be great for you. <laughs> so I like that this guy's young. Cause I feel like I'm going to die before he retires. So I think I have a chance at, at a guy who's learning me and learning about me and just fucking sticking with me. You know what I mean? I like that he, that, I, that he's off the grid, man. He's outdoorsy and he, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't have TV. He's talking about how much he reads and stuff. I'm like, this is great. This guy hasn't developed the, the distaste for people yet. You know what I mean? Like he comes into town just to help people out, you know, as a doctor. Then he goes back off the grid. He's not watching, he's not watching the fucking Oscars. You know, he's not, he's not following the fucking Kardashians on Instagram this guy's a person. He's intelligent, right? The guy, like that's what he does. He reads in his spare time. I'm like, oh, you're the, you're the guy who's going to fucking find the cure for shit. You know, he's like, I have an email address, but I don't really like, it's like six. Well, so people can communicate with me if they need to, but I'm, he's like, I don't have a TV. I don't own. He didn't say I don't watch TV. He didn't say I don't have cable. He said, I don't own a TV. I love that about this guy. Like I was always like, I want to build a team of professionals around me. And then if I ever become like, like, you know, successful, like the rock or Kevin Hart, I'm trying to think of like some big comic <laughs> and I have all that money. I used to, I, I would have said, you know, two years ago, I would have said Louis CK, but <laughs> don't want it like that. So, you know, if you ever get make millions of dollars, I'd be like, I want, I would want to fly. I would basically want to relocate my professionals just to be near wherever I am. Cause I trust them and I know they give a fuck about me and they'll stay on the ball, you know, but, uh, it's funny, man. This doctor, he probably, he'd probably still do that. Man. I'd be like, Hey man, you gotta come down. You gotta come down and check me out. I mean, uh, you know, living in LA, be like, man, you gotta come down and see me. I got, I got something going on. I'm like, I wouldn't even have to fly him. The guy's so fucking outdoorsy. He'd probably turn it into like a marathon or triathlon or something. He'd be like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm driving, biking down to Los Angeles for, uh, <laughs> see one of my clients. Turn into a big fundraiser or something. That that's I think fucking hilarious. Personally, this outdoorsy doctor is smart. Doesn't have TV. I think we're gonna go a long way. Me and this guy. Like I said, he doesn't hate people yet either. Only he only sees them. He was saying how like oh, I'm kind of like a you know just a quiet like keep to myself guy. I'm like that's awesome. That's awesome. I go I'm I'm getting older and I'm getting that way. I get my fill from the stage and then I kind of just want to be a I don't want to be a curmudgeon but I just want to be left alone. You know. Excuse me. Sorry for yawning. 
I'm not putting you back to sleep if you're listening to this in the morning. So that's how my doctor's appointment went. Um, I have to sponge bath myself for the next 24 hours. I'm just not going to. I'm going to go tomorrow morning to the car place stinking. That's their punishment. Um, and then, yeah, I'll come home and fucking shower. If I'm allowed, I think I can shower tomorrow afternoon. I gotta, I gotta, I think I'm having lunch with Joey and recording a podcast tomorrow. So we'll find out. We'll see what his day looks like. And hopefully I can go for lunch and record a podcast. Um, but yeah, so that was my week guys. I had a good time. Um, I will say this, um, I, the next po- thing that I'm telling you about is what I, what I was talking about earlier, the, uh, the foreshadowing, um, I, I have not got all the facts. I have got a ton of the information. I will tell you this right now. If you want to know more, if you want to be relatively as much on the same page as I am, go onto Twitter and search the hashtag just for money. Okay. And that will give you all the details that you need to know, but I will tell the story to the best of my abilities. Um, there is a radio station on Sirius XM called Canada laughs. And, uh, apparently even myself, I've been featured on that before from recordings I've done for Sirius and whatnot. Um, a lot of comics all across this country have been featured on a uh, Canada laughs. Ben minor is the curator. The guy has done a ton of work to make sure that tons of Canadian comics can get their content out there. We can be heard because God knows our company's huge. We have no star system. The government doesn't give us any grants. So one of the big sources of income for a lot of comics is the residuals that they get from having their stuff featured on Canada laughs and albums and things. Comics are able to produce their own albums and, and send their stuff to Sirius to get it played. And, uh, that was a big thing. A lot of people are making a lot of money. Uh, I don't say a lot. A lot of comics are making enough money from residuals and royalties that they don't have to work a day job. You know, they're able to take that money and, and feed their families and pay for their travel and pay for their, you know, uh, their travel and things like that to, to do. So I don't know if I said that already. I feel like I did, but their, their families, their travel, their, their rent, you know, so that they can pursue stand up. They can pursue their art form and their dream. And, uh, what happened recently is that, um, just we're talking like less than a week. Um, just for laughs, um, with the initial thing was that just for laughs purchased Canada laughs. And, uh, either way, just for laughs is now responsible for curating the content. And what they're doing is they're only playing, uh, sound clips from their galas, which is the shows that you would see on TV, on CBC, those big shows are the galas. Um, they're only playing galas from before 2012. Like that's it. Now, now it's just pre-recorded galas, old material, um, on there, which means that all of those residuals and all of that money, that was going to comedians uh, for their albums and their work and all that stuff is all going to the owners of just for laughs now, which is, I believe ICM is the, the name of the talent company. So just for laughs a year or so ago, got bought by a U.S. company, uh, a talent management company, um, also owned, uh, by, by Howie Mandel, uh, the America's got talent, Howie Mandel. Yeah. Uh, former Canadian Howie Mandel and get more into that. Um, so just for laughs got bought by an American company, an American talent company, which if it's not obvious to you guys, that means that, uh, a Canadian festival 
that is known for showcasing a lot of Canadian talent and some international talent uh, is now American owned. So there's gonna be a lot less Canadian talent and a lot more American talent, especially because of the fact that here's, here's why it's a bit of a conflict of interest. The American company is a talent agency. They want to showcase their talent that they represent because guess what? When they put on shows and they sell tickets, they get a piece of that as the talent agency. So it doesn't make sense for them to put a bunch of Canadians on the shows at Just for Laughs because why do they want those guys getting more popular? They want more eyes on the guys that they represent so that when those guys get more popular and sell at arenas and theaters and all that stuff, they make more money. Well, now those same people now own uh, Canada Laughs and are showcasing American and Australian and international talent stuff that they own the rights to and the royalties. So they make all the money, all that money, those mil and millions of dollars over the course of the year that goes into Canadian comics pockets for the work that they've done is now going to just for laughs, just for laughs. Also, I'm not sure if you're aware of this. I have mentioned to you guys before that stand up comedy is not seen as an art form. It's not, not just not seen like, Oh, here's the opinion. It is not recognized by our government as an actual art form, which means that we are not eligible for uh, grants, any money grants. You can stack rocks in Canada and call that art and you are eligible for grants, but, but being funny, something that we're all known for as Canadians, uh, is not considered an art form. However, just for laughs does get grants every year. They get grants for like heritage comedian, heritage Canada, you know, this and that. So they actually get usually on average a few million dollars, uh, a year in grants from the government. They get tax Canadian taxpayers money. All right. I know that a lot of my listeners are young and a lot of people, you know, don't really give a fuck, but your tax dollars, millions of your tax dollars go to a festival. Um, and, and did so not just the fact that just for laughs got bought, you know, a year or two ago, but now this festival still gets your tax dollars, millions of them goes to a, an American owned festival that books international comics, which means when they pay those comics, guess whose money they're paying them with your fucking money, your tax money. And, uh, now before where that would have gone to other Canadians and stayed in our country, it goes elsewhere. And now all of the money that, uh, Sirius was paying comics is now going to that same company. So what happened was a lot of comics just lost their revenue stream. It was like, basically think of it like a bunch of comics getting laid off. And uh, it's a really big deal. It's a really, really big deal. It's a shitty move on just for laughs. They basically fucked over comedians so that they can get the money. Um, I'm not asking you to care or to give a fuck, but when I was saying thank you to the people who came out and supported and showed their love for me, uh, this week at absolute comedy in Ottawa, um, I just want you to know that that means the world. And now that is even more important than it ever was because there is less opportunity for Canadian comics now to earn a living. So the fact that you guys come out and show that you, you are happy when we're getting work. You know, so just, just so you know, like, um, I, Hey, I love you guys for listening to this podcast. I do appreciate the support in that regard. Wish you'd send a fucking email every now and again, contact the one man podcast.com, but I digress. Um, when you guys come to the shows, you're letting those club owners know, Hey, if you put this guy on your stage, I'll come buy a ticket. That's really important. It's really, really important because if you can't draw, they'll pick someone who can. 
you know, and that makes it even harder to try to earn a living in this fucking business. So, um, again, thank you to all the people who came out to see my shows. I really appreciate you being there. It surprisingly, you, you're making a very big difference, very, very big difference of whether or not, you know, guys like me are going to, you know, and gals are going to make it in this industry because we don't get grants. This country's so fucking big. It costs an arm and a leg to, to travel it a lot. Like it's basically almost impossible to go from one end of the country to the other for a week and even make any money, you know? And I don't mean make any money. Like I grew up with rich kids who would say they were broke when they only had a few hundred dollars. You know, we're talking, I'm talking, when I say make money, I mean like you don't make money. You go, yeah, I broke even. I didn't, I didn't lose any money to go work for a week. What a fucking utopian job that is, eh? Anyways, I'm not trying to be too negative, but I'm trying to really underline the severity of the implications of losing this revenue stream for comics. Now there's guys who, you know, I talked to, they're saying that they're getting a five grand check every few months. It's a big difference. You know what I mean? That, that five grand would pay my rent for quite some time. So to be getting that just off of work you've already done, it allows you to keep chasing this fucking dream and, uh, and seeing where you can get with it. It's a big difference. And there's gonna be more to come. If there's, if there's more, Howie Mandel actually responded to the outrage and he was so fucking patronizing and condescending. He didn't even know the name of the channel that they had taken over. And then he gives this really sarcastic look at the camera. He goes, you know, I'm Canadian. So sorry, Canadian committee. Or he goes, he goes, sorry. Uh, he goes, Canadian comics. Don't worry. You're going to be there. We'll talk to you guys soon. And, uh, sorry, you know, like he's being cute. Like Canadians say, sorry. And he's walking around his mansion the whole time too. Like I said, you want to see the stuff you want to hear that. Go to, uh, just go to Twitter. I know there's probably, it's probably on Facebook too and all that shit, but go to Twitter and, and search the hashtag just for money. You will see all of the comics who've posted and all that shit there. Um, but I will leave it at that. So that was my, uh, experiences from the week. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's really shame. Like I said, I mean, I expect you guys to take a maybe a little, you know, just take a minute and see what it is. And you'll see people who are much more eloquent than I am and big names that you'll recognize Sean Majumder, Ryan Belleville, people who have had, you know, sitcoms and, sh and shit on Canadian television. Um, you know, like these are, these are big names going like, what the fuck is going on here? You know, cause those guys also, their shits on the radio station. They're about to, to, you know, get a pay cut too. <sighs> I digress. All right, guys, it's time for the magical uncle John's bathroom reader. Is it magical? Well, I don't know. It doesn't cast any spells. I'm excited guys. I'm going to be reading from, uh, I've stopped printing. I used to print them off and then I would read them from there, but that's a waste of paper. So why not just mark down the pages, which I do now on my notes and, uh, and read the article from there. Just putting a little mark on it here so that I know I've read this one. Oh, behind the scenes strategies. This article is called cheers. Hmm. Cause I had some wine this week. I thought maybe a little wine trivia. I've been doing LCBO promos again. So lots of, lots of wine talk and stuff. Why not just up? all of our knowledge of wine, a little something you may want to know about vino. So we propose a toast to these facts about wine. So fact uh, number one, the idea that wine improves with age isn't necessarily true. Experts say about 90% of wine should be consumed within a year of bottling, while others don't really get much better after 10 years have passed. 
the varieties that do get better with age, Bordeaux, Cabernet Sauvignon, and Port. Who the fuck is messaging me? Haha. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not getting that. So, all right. Uh, number two, the custom of toasting with a glass of wine started in ancient Greece. A host would drink the, the first glass to show that the wine was safe to drink. Uh, one acre of grapevines yields about 13.5 barrels of wine. A barrel yields 24.6 cases. A case works out to 48 glasses. So in all, the acre yields 15,940 glasses of wine on average, of course. Um, next wine is made almost entirely from grapes, but that doesn't mean it's vegetarian. Uh, many big batch commercial wines are filtered with a process that involves gelatin, which is an animal byproduct result, tiny, even microscopic bits of gelatin may be present in a glass of wine. Uh, next oldest bottle of wine, a bottle dating to AD 325. So 325 years before Jesus was turning water into wine, there was a bottle of wine. It was uh, found near Speyer. Uh, I added the Jesus factors for the record, just so I'm not plagiarizing, right? Some bibliography, uh, bottle dating to 8325 was found near Speyer, Germany in 1867. It's now on display in the museum. Oh, I wonder what that tastes like. Uh, countries that drink the most wine per capita, uh, Vatican city, France, Portugal, and Italy, which is also the world's biggest producer of wine. Medieval European measurements for wine, a butt, which is about 126 gallons. Also, a butt amounts to half of a ton, T-U-N in this case. It's ton, T-O-N? Uh, anyways, three more to go. There's an enzyme in the human stomach that metabolizes ethanol, the type of alcohol found in wine. Men's stomachs naturally contain more than women's stomachs. Uh, result, women get drunk on wine a lot quicker than men do. What a fucking shocker. Uh, wine in space in 1996, Buzz Aldrin brought a tiny vial of wine with him to the moon so he could administer, so he could administer communion to himself. Oh, what a good little church boy. And finally, in a 2017 lawsuit involving actor Johnny Depp and his business managers, it was revealed that Depp spends $30,000 a month on wine. He also has a tattoo that reads wine forever. Hooray. And that is cheers guys. From Uncle John's Bathroom Reader, Uncle John's Old Faithful Bathroom Reader. It's the 30th anniversary edition that I'm reading from. Their little running feet at the bottom of this one says, Walmart employs more people worldwide than there are people living in New Mexico. Whoa, that's a fun fact. Guys, PortablePress.com. Uncle John's Bathroom Readers. They can get all sorts of different kinds, styles, varieties, facts, fun shit. Um, I enjoy reading them and you would too. Check it out at portablepress.com. Guys, absolute comedy. I just had a great week there. My home club. I'm looking forward to announcing some more dates at, uh, at clubs and, and one nighters and uh, some more absolute dates, uh, would be so much fun. So having said that, uh, why don't we talk a little bit? Uh, why don't I play a little absolute comedy ad guys? They get great clubs, Toronto, Kingston, and Ottawa. Check out absolutecomedy.ca. Absolute Comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, The Comedy Network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup. Planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations. Live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration, fundraiser, company outing, or corporate event. 
Want the show brought to you? They'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event, creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget. So for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. Hey, and we're back, guys. I was having a fun week at Absolute, drinking some Cronenberg and the occasional Summers Bee. And Crystal and I uh, shared a couple of white Summers, you know, one of our favorites. That is half Cronenberg Blanc, half Summers Bee. Um, they got great shit. Guys, from my partners at, uh, at Summers B, Carlsberg, Cronenberg, all that fun shit. Uh, you should check it out if you haven't already. And uh, am I forgetting anybody? Am I forgetting anybody? I'm not, I never forget them. I, and I find, I, that's my thing now. Am I forgetting anybody? Am I forgetting anybody? DK, guys. Dorling Kindersley. DK Books. DK.com slash CA. DK.com in the States. Or just DK Books if you're goggling it somewhere else on the planet. This week, all right, I've been doing a lot of the healthy, trying to eat better stuff. You know, doing, I'm not quite uh, vegan just yet, but I know I'm trying to, <laughs> I'd like to be vegan, not uh, so that everybody hates me, but, uh, you know, just because I want to be healthier, right? I don't, I don't know if vegans get back cheese zits or whatever the fuck, you know, but, uh, I think their body can't afford to just waste it on, on cysts, but, uh. You know, all vegan busting aside, I am reading a book uh, called Vegan in the House this week. Vegan in the House, flexible plant-based family meals to please everyone. Um, I like that vegan in the house. You almost say that like a, like a bird flew in. Ah, the vegan in the house, vegan in the house, guys, guys, open the doors, vegan in the house, shoot away, shoot away. Um, <laughs> vegan in the house, guys. Uh, this book, yes, it's a cookbook, a meal preparation guide. Uh, what I dig about this is it's got a lot of stuff that if you're thinking about going vegan rather than watching a bunch of videos with the, some YouTube cunts, you know, no. <laughs> um, it's not just like, Hey, being vegan is fun. And then uh, uh, catch my breath. Vegan is fun. And no, no, I, I got a bust. So I, I actually start by, by teasing and all that, the misconceptions, because this book starts off with a great section on myth busting. Okay. So you know, some of the myths, it's not healthy. Vegans are always tired. <laughs> I just, just made that joke. Vegan food is boring. A vegan diet is expensive. The food is difficult to prepare. It's impossible to eat out. There's a whole section on the balanced vegan diet. It busts those myths. There's, um, they talk about macronutrients. They talk about, uh, vitamins and which vitamin, vital vitamins are vital to your system. They talk of a big section on vegan substitutes. So there's a lot of things you like. They, they basically let you know what some of the differences are. They actually have a, a whole section on how to make the switch. So it's not just like, Hey, being vegan's good. This is what you should make. And again, as usual, like I said, a lot of cookbooks just have like a one or two page intro and go, Hey, don't you want to, don't you want to eat vegan, man? A lot of misconceptions and stuff, but vegan is great. All right. And once you try it, you can't deny it. All right, let's get started. You're like, okay. You know, and then you might try one or two recipes and goes, yeah, this sucks. But like anything else, it takes time to sort of make it your own. So as I mentioned, there's a lot of good info in this and they haven't even had any recipes. They're, they're, they're well into the book before they even start just giving you recipes. So like I said, they have the tips for making the switch. They teach you how to, um, how to cook for different ages vegans. So they have the young vegan, the fuel for teenagers section. You know what I mean? Like, like how to set for that. They teach you how to shop for vegan foods. 
You know, so not just like, hey, here's our recipes, but here's how you shop for it. Here's how to stock your kitchen to to maximize for vegan. Of course, the more vegan it is, the faster it's going to go bad. You can't buy a bunch of shit with preservatives and stuff like that. There's still vegan preservative stuff, but for the most part, if you're trying to do it good, you know, here's what you got to get. They they teach you how to maximize your freezer, how to do a seven-day meal plan and general meal planning, and then they get into the different recipes and stuff like that. And they got it broken down by different times of day. So breakfasts and brunches, desserts, dinners, you know, stuff to take on the go. There's a, a great book I've already uh, reviewed called vegan on the go, which teaches you how to, how to make vegan meals to go. So this vegan in the house is a, is a great thought, you know, a, a great companion that it's much, much larger hardcover. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about this. If you want to check it out, if you're looking to be healthier, I know that I always have a million excuses for why I can't make shit at home, but I am going to try to make some of the recipes in this book. It's hard. I, going to the trouble of cooking something real when you're cooking just for yourself. I, I mean, some of this is excuses. I'm not going to pretend like it's not, but I'll be honest, like cooking and peeling and boiling and mixing and, and dicing and slicing and stirring and planning and packing and all this shit for just yourself sucks. So what I'm saying is someone out there wants to marry me, uh, so that I can just cook for two. I don't mind if I'm feeding someone else, let my codependency fucking shine. <laughs> it's difficult, but I know a lot of you guys are family people. and I know you love you all having fucking babies. You want them to grow up and not get cancer in the dicks and stuff. So why don't you start early? Huh? Why don't you go? You know what? Maybe this is a great time for me to become healthier and a great foundational time to make my kid strong. So you got your vegan in the house, get out, shoo. And then you got your, uh, your regular vegan, vegan, uh, on the go. So vegan in the house, vegan on the go, vegan up your ass. What the fuck are you going to do? Huh? Vegan in the house, flexible plant-based family meals to please everyone by my partners at dk.com slash ca dk.com and, uh, dk wherever the fuck else. I love those guys. Their books are fucking awesome. I cannot wait to see what uh, what they got coming down next. Everything is constantly blowing my fucking mind with how awesome they are. Um, now, having said that, it is time for a little touch and go. Uh, who did I pick on this week? You know what? I, I think I might try my buddy. Uh, I don't know if I've ever called Rory before, but uh, I'm going to try calling him right now, see if he's available. He's probably doing a show or something. So let's try, uh, let's try Rory Gardner. You know, if I've already called him, well, then uh, sorry. Just like Howie Mendel. Sorry. Let's see how Rory's doing here. Rory, Rory, quite contrary. Might be putting his kids. It's nine o'clock. It's a little late to call someone, I think. Hello? What's up, man? Welcome to the One Man Podcast. So, hey. <laughs> Are you, like, live right now? Mm. Not live. I, uh, yeah. I'm recording. Everything that you say is being recorded. Why is something bad happening? Are you about to put your finger in somebody? Uh, I just finished actually. Thanks for <laughs> that, a boy. Um, well, I was just uh, telling the listeners that you and I had a uh, a lovely little brunch this week. Uh, it wasn't brunch; it was just breakfast. I think. I think brunch means that we're dating. Um, how are things, my friend? I saw you did a, a show this weekend. Um, or last night. I don't know what day of the week it is. Uh, there's, there's a show almost every night. <laughs> it's, it's basically, if it's, if it's not an open mic, it's a, it's a music show where I play the uh, same songs I've been playing since the nineties. Not a boy. I don't learn new things. But I saw you on a show with uh, Rick Curry and Colin O'Brien. Oh yeah. That was Sunday. Okay. How was it? 
Uh, it was good. It was the inaugural um, Colin O'Brien Moose McGuire show. Went okay. Oh, yeah? Where's that location? I thought it said something like McCarthy or whatever. Yeah, yeah, McCarthy. It's, uh, it's one of those places you can't get to by the highway, so it's uh, one of those places. Okay. I don't know what that means. Well, you know, when you think south is a pain in the ass to get to, like I'm like Queensway exit things, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I guess for just Ottawa stuff. I thought it was like more of a, like, you know, when you can't get to it from the highway. Hey. Hey. Hey, buddy. So yeah, I was telling the uh, the listeners here, we're going to try to do some writing and things like that. Get that uh, that dream of comedy we both have going. How did Squash yeah, go? How, <laughs> how did Squash go with, uh, with Jason and Colin? Did you win? Uh, I most certainly did. Um, I mean, they're uh, <laughs> actually Colin was telling me at the uh, at Moose McGuire's. He, uh, he called Jason earlier. He's like, uh, "Hey, does your butt still hurt from that game?" <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, it sure does." I'm like, um, yeah, no, it's honestly, it's squash is like the funnest thing on the planet to do, and. Uh, uh, Although we're at different skill levels, like it's still beneficial for me because I, uh, you know, I get out there and break a little bit of a sweat and uh, whatever. It's nice, gentlemanly camaraderie. Squash is your favorite thing in the world to do. Literally, more than anything. Really, uh, more is, than it's, sex? It's, uh, well, I definitely play more squash than that. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't realize that that means it's the most fun thing to do. I do a lot of complaining. I don't know if it's that much fun. Maybe yeah, this, maybe that's my favorite thing to do. Maybe I'm an Olympic level complainer. Yeah, no. If I had more sex, I'd be uh, I'd be more accustomed to it. But uh, <laughs> but alas, have you tried the Boy Scouts? Did I have sex with a Boy Scout? What? <laughs> no, <laughs> that's basically what I'm saying. If you're looking to have more sex, you could join the Boy Scouts. No, no, no. I was thinking about joining the church instead. Ah, there you go. But see, you'd have to stop. Uh, aren't priests supposed to stop fucking women too? I thought if you're in the Boy Scouts, you get to. Yeah, this is just, just going to turn into a horrible pedophilia fucking rant. Um, well, I'm trying to. What else? What you're you're a, a country dude? You just got back from the Grammys. I did. Aren't you? Uh, like, isn't that isn't that impressive to people? Right? Aren't women like, oh my god, we should totally have sex? I don't know what women talk about. <laughs> I. Uh... I don't know. I, I should, you should be calling uh, women and asking them about me. I have no idea what women. Would... <laughs> do you, do you <laughs> want to? Well, I can't think of what women to call that would know you. But I was, I was fully on board with doing that. I'm like, yeah, we should. Who could? I? And then I'm like, hey, do you know Rory Gardner? And I would imagine the women that I know would be like, no. And then that would be the end of our fun conversation with them. Well, it still make for a funny, uh, funny conversation. That's for sure. <laughs> hey, I have a friend who went to the Grammys. Want to sleep with him? No. Okay. Or they yeah. might be like, who is he? <laughs> They're waiting for a That's name for that they recognize. Exactly. It's the story of my life. <laughs> story of your life. All right. Well, this has been incredibly underwhelming, Rory. I expected more from you. You're a very interesting yeah, guy. I wish, uh, I wish you had a uh, uh, warmer you were calling it, like legit putting my kids to bed. Well, that's <laughs> not that's not the fun of this particular segment. The segment's fun because no one knows that they're going to get roped into a five-minute conversation with me. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so going forward, try to always be entertaining, no matter who's calling at what time for whatever reason. <laughs> always live on the edge, buddy. Nobody calls anymore. Can you can you text me next time? We'll no. have a text conversation over your podcast. No, because my yeah, exactly. The listeners are just. 
Like that's all. The <laughs> <laughs> all right, buddy. Well, I'll let you go. Put your kids to bed. They're gonna need sleep. I think. I don't know. Any any closer news about your car or your home? Uh, no. Just uh, home. Back in the home at uh, by eleven. Or sorry, by uh, sorry, I'm just send you things at once here. Uh, okay. uh, back at the home by uh, by April. So just chilling until then. And uh, I picked out a bathtub today. If that is exciting for you. Well, it's not for me. It's what's exciting for you. This is these touch and go segments. I let my listeners hear us catch up. You picked out a bathtub. Yeah. Does it have any cool features besides a drain? Uh, it's, uh, um, not at all. Hey, how about I call you back in like uh, 15 minutes? How's that work? Not even, not even necessary, pal. I gotta, I gotta keep go chugging away with this podcast, but I'll bug you again soon. Get your kids to bed and we will, uh, we'll learn the, uh, the exciting elements of your life. Uh, another time I'll, I'll touch base with you in a, a day or two and we'll hang out. Word. Sounds right. good. Later, buddy. Yeah. Oh man. Nobody's as fun as me on the fly. <laughs> I don't know what people could expect from me. If someone just called me, I was like, Hey, how's it going? I'm like, what do you want? You know what? I think I could feign funny. I think I could do that. Not to say that Rory should be. He's got a bunch of shit going on. But I think if someone just called me, they'd be like, what the, what the fuck do you want? I'd probably, I, you know what? I'd probably just make some stupid penis joke about how I was masturbating to make them uncomfortable talking to me. Because I would imagine I'm the most odd person in general. You know, like me calling and, and trying to make people in the spot. They're like, I don't know. What's going to weird Josh? Probably nothing. Um... So yeah, there you go. Another touch and go in the fucking books. What do I got going on this week, guys? I got a touch base. Joey and I are planning. Joey Elias, of course, my buddy. Uh, I got a big shout out. Joey Elias was my host this last week. Uh, Leonard Chan was my feature. Fuck, they are both so fucking funny. They made me work hard just being so goddamn funny in front of me this week. Um, Huge hats off to them. So Joey... And I are supposed to do brunch, lunch, brunch, whatever. We're going to, we're going to do, uh, food tomorrow. Um, and then I'd like to see if I can get him to do the podcast. I'd love to do an interview. I tried to get Joey last time he was in town and we just couldn't make it work. Uh, I think last time he actually had a back injury and was just like, dude, I'm laying down. I, I, I don't think I can sit, even sit up for a while. So, uh, yeah. So Joey, fuck, uh, we're going to eat and try to get a, a bonus episode for you guys that I'll have available for Friday. Um, if that's the case, if I get the bonus episode there, then I know what I'm doing with my day tomorrow. Edit, 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 put up, put up, put up, put up. Um, and then I got LCBO promos all fucking week. That's the only thing I have on the docket. Um, and I'm excited about that guys contact the one man podcast.com. If you want to send me any emails, let me know what's going on with you. I would absolutely love that. Um, thank you to my sponsors, portablepress.com, absolutecomedy.ca, summersbdk.com slash CA. DK books, of course. Um, and uh, feel free to follow us, like us, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, one man podcast, and you will find me on those platforms. Not to mention, uh, subscribe on iTunes, you know, Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google play music. Those are great. If you don't mind, please, uh, give me a five star rating and leave a small review. You know, it doesn't cost you anything. And again, helping to get our name out there. It's really important guys. I know I ask you every week and I'm, I'm not trying to browbeat you, but for the love of God, if you could just take two minutes and do that, uh, if you're driving now, I get it. Don't pull over and do it. I, I know I wouldn't, but for, for God's sakes, if you're listening at home cooking or something, just take a step away and just open up your application and just leave that face showing so that when you, next time you grab your phone, you know, you can, you can scroll down and hit five stars, you know, and, and just write a little like, Hey, funny dude. I like listening to this 
bastard run his fucking mouth, you know, and ruin his friends' lives when he calls them. So, um, I'd appreciate that. It means a lot and it helps me more, uh, just to get noticed so that I'm not just wasting my fucking life chasing this stupid dream. I'm um, sorry. I'm sure you guys can hear me clicking away. I got an exacto knife. I'm fidgeting. All right. Uh, that'll do. That'll do pig. Um, more news as it comes on the whole, uh, series XM Canada laughs, uh, just for laughs. How even they'll, uh, take over hostile takeover. Um, the giant layoff, the, the great stand up comedy depression of 2019. Uh, I was telling myself 2019 would be my year to do just for laughs. And, uh, and as comics, we all seem to be boycotting again, check out the hashtag just for money, just to get an idea of what is going on. Uh, and you might find yourself really, uh, really appalled. Thank you so much for listening guys. I hope you have a great week. I can't wait to have some fun stories for you. And, uh, and hear what you guys got going on. All right. One last time, contact at one man podcast.com. Send me whatever the fuck you want and I will read it. I will talk to you guys next week. One of these days, the ground will drop out from Stop and play its final beat. One of these days, the clocks will stop, and time won't be a thing.
It's alright. Easy for you to say. 